Hello and welcome to Acres of Nature, a podcast brought to you by United Utilities and the Royal Horticultural Society. I'm Emma Clark, and this is the third episode in a short series looking into the wonderful world of RHS Garden Bridgewater. With the previous episodes focusing on the garden's sites and scenes, as well as the design and engineering of water management processes across the site, in this instalment we'll be touching on the community benefits that Bridgewater Garden brings and learning why United Utilities has partnered with RHS Bridgewater to benefit the environment and the local community. In particular, our focus will be on three gardens within this popular visitor attraction – the Community Grow Garden, a collection of allotments managed by local groups. The Community Wellbeing Garden, a therapeutic space that is part of a social prescribing model. And the Peel Learning Garden, an outdoor classroom open to local school groups. To learn more about these different garden spaces, we started by sitting down with Chloe Ellis, who manages the Community Grow Garden, a collection of allotments used by a variety of different sulphur-based groups and organisations interested in taking on a green space to grow plants and explore more about horticulture. Chloe talked us through the purpose of the garden and the different groups who make use of it. The Community Grow Garden is a bit of a first for the RHS in one of their show gardens. They've built it right in the centre, right next to the kitchen garden. We've got 10 small plots, which are essentially like allotment plots. Um, And we have different community groups come in, they each have their own plot, and they come in and look after it themselves in the same way that they would an ordinary allotment. Um, So I've got lots of different types of people, a real diverse range of people coming in. I've got a couple of schools, I have a nursery group, um, I have Salford Lows and Fishes, who are a charity that look after homeless people and vulnerable adults. Salford Foundation Women's Centre. We've got the local YMCA who teach a horticulture course here. Um, So yeah, a real great different range of people coming in with all different levels of knowledge. Um, Our ultimate aim in Community Grow is for it to become a real social space where all of these people can socialise, mix together, have events where people can cook and eat together. Obviously that's not been possible (laughs) since we opened because of the COVID situation, but we are hoping that will change next year. The allotment plots provide groups with their own space to grow and maintain a garden patch, growing all sorts from wildflowers to vegetables. And with new groups come new plans for their plots, bringing a wide ranging mix of horticultural interests and colour. Chloe explained the impact of the pandemic on the project and how in the coming years the garden will begin to see yet more diversity in its cultivation. We're hoping to have a refugee and asylum seeker group starting in the next few weeks and I'm hoping with a bit more ethnic diversity in there we might have a few more vegetables that that the other groups might not have thought of, may not have tried before. It might be a bit of an experiment in the Salford weather as to whether we can grow a lot of these things. Um, And also just hopefully having some of the kids involved with choosing what they want, we might get some slightly wacky vegetables, good heritage varieties, a lot more more colour and hopefully a lot more flowers and things as well, which I 
which I just didn't choose this year. I've stuck with the vegetables. As a professional horticulturalist, Chloe is passionate about getting people into gardening and experimenting with soils, seeds and growing techniques. Aside from the horticultural and social aspects of getting outdoors, Chloe elaborated on the psychological benefits that come with gardening. It's really good for people's well-being. I've had a real positive response from some of the groups that have been here since the beginning. Um, some of the school children have really improved in their confidence since they started coming here. Um, we have some of the adult community groups um, just commenting on how great it is to have the opportunity to come somewhere like RHS Bridgewater where they would never have had an opportunity to do something like this before. So we're really branching out and offering this garden to people who just would never have been here before. It's great to hear the positive response to community grow and Chloe continued by revealing more about the future plans for this impressive garden initiative. The community grow area should be doubling in size. We've got another um, area just across the pathway. Um, what we're hoping is that there will be a much bigger communal area. We're going to be building a cob oven so we can cook pizzas and other food and just generally have more socialising between all the different groups. We're also going to build um, a good communal composting area. At the moment I take away all the weeds and rubbish for composting and nobody really knows what happens to it and it's really nice to be able to teach people how, to, how their waste materials get recycled as well. Inspiring locals to grow doesn't only take place within the walls of RHS Garden Bridgewater. Across Salford, a team of community outreach advisors from the RHS work on a variety of projects promoting the benefits of gardening, helping locals to green up spaces, making them both useful and beautiful. We spoke to one of the RHS's community outreach advisors, Andy Simpson. Andy gave us a lowdown of his day-to-day -day role and a few current groups he's involved with. So I work in the outreach team based at Bridgewater, but my day-to-day -day job is outside of the garden working with community groups across Salford. Um, although actually a lot of my groups at the moment are based in the Little Holton area of Salford. Um, and it can be any kind of group that wants to do something to do with growing in whatever way that benefits them. So one of my groups is a community allotment space based at a church that's also a community centre and has a food bank running from it. Um, Clegg's Lane Church in Little Holton. And, but then I might also work with um, youth groups, um, either the Salford Youth Service or um, other foundations that work with young people. So Salford Foundation run the National Citizenship Service Programme um, across the Salford area. So I'll often work with NCS groups on social action projects that they do. With the focus around gardening and horticultural support, Bridgewater's outreach team set out to improve green spaces and outdoor areas for a wide range of Salford community groups. And it's not just gardening. The team also support with grant applications and volunteering initiatives to boost horticultural schemes. We asked Andy to give us an insight into how the community outreach team works closely with community groups and the types of support they may provide. It depends what support they need, often just really to maximise what they're already doing or help them set up um, a particular area 
or grow their volunteer base and develop the space that they're working on with the community. Um, but it depends on the group and often um, we'll often support with money through grant programs as well. A lot of our groups that we work with um, will often um, assess the applications that come in for the Green in Great Britain grant, GGB, and that will be a, a tool then to find the groups that need our help the most um, and assess what they're wanting to do through their application. And if they're a successful group and we work with them on GGB, um, it might be then we link them up with other groups in their area and work with them after GGB is finished um, to maximise what they're doing and get bigger, really. Andy mentioned the Greening Great Britain grant, one of a number of fundraising opportunities to enhance the development of outdoor spaces, to further encourage people to get outside and enjoy gardening. On the topic of grants and pots of money that local community groups could apply for, Andy explained what's on offer for those wishing to upgrade their green spaces. So GGB is a national programme. Um, it's a £500 grant for community groups. Um, that's national, but then specifically within Salford, we've done, in partnership with Salford CVS, um, a Grow Well grant, um, which is uh, up to £2,000. So we've found that a lot of our groups that have started with us on Green in Great Britain have then, with our support, felt confident enough to go for that larger grant to, to expand on what they're doing or develop their spaces more. Um, to provide more benefits for the community um, and then they'll access funding and work with us longer in, in that way. No matter what Salford-based groups have in mind for their outdoor spaces, it's fair to say the northwest weather can play a big factor in horticultural progress and sometimes people's gardening aspirations may not quite work out. Andy gave his insight on how growing doesn't always go to plan meaning people have to adapt and deal with different scenarios. But this still has its benefits. I think it definitely builds people's confidence um, and resilience because naturally gardening teaches you to deal with um, an element of chaos, you know, things going wrong. You can't control everything in a garden space. It's um, Especially if it's an outdoor garden space, it's completely at the mercy of what the weather does, um, outside influences. Um, you know, for a, for a Friends of Park group, they can't always control what happens in the park when they're not there. So they, they have to be motivated and see why they're doing what they're doing, but also deal with any negative things that happen along the way. Um, but that's actually really important because if it all went really well all of the time, it wouldn't build that resilience in people and if, if people are lacking in confidence it strangely really boosts that because you learn to deal with many disasters and you see the worth of, of putting the effort in when it goes how you want it to go and the end result. The Community Wellbeing Garden is a therapeutic garden created as part of a social prescribing model that began at RHS Garden Bridgewater in 2019. Offering gardening activities with the guidance of a specialist therapeutic gardener, patients with various ailments are supported in their recovery. 
Social prescribing, also sometimes known as community referral, is a means of enabling health professionals to refer people to a range of local non-clinical services. And the Community Wellbeing Garden at Bridgewater offers year-round provision. Therapeutic gardener Ozichi Brewster set the scene for us by describing some of the advantages that gardening and being amongst nature brings to our well-being as humans. Gardens in, enhance people's well-being um, in so many ways. And if you look at it from a physical aspect, you're taking exercise. And But if you look at it from um, other health aspects, you are getting a lot of oxygen into your lungs, you are around nature, you are seeing plants, and even visually they're having some sort of impact on helping you to sort of de-escalate any anxieties you might be feeling. Um, if you're um, not feeling very well emotionally, um, nature and being in nature and gardening, smelling soil, touching soil, handling plants, they all have a way of calming the mind, calming the body and bringing some sort of balance back. It's um, Nature is as though you can't fight nature. You can embellish it and start to enjoy being in it and it gives back to you by enabling you to slow down. As a therapist who combined her passion for gardening, Ozichi revealed what the aims and benefits are when someone is prescribed a visit to RHS Garden Bridgewater. What I've learned as a therapeutic gardener is it's not how good it looks, it's how good the person starts to feel. And that it's also we're not setting up to uh, see how good a gardener you are or how good a gardener you become. But essentially the outcome that in the process of time is that that person also also becomes interested in how good a gardener they'll become when they're transferring it back to their garden. The other wonderful thing with the people that I work with, most of them are already gardeners and they've lost uh, the, through illness, gardening. So you might have somebody who's had 12 years of not gardening, but they were gardening a lot, then their partner died, and ill health comes along, they don't feel able to manage it anymore. And one thing that I've learned from uh, the one-year period that we were doing the scheme is I've had a lot of feedback from our social prescribers, how they realised they were able to still do things that they hadn't been doing. So it's all about becoming confident, building self-confidence, becoming motivated, realising actually I am able, I can still do these things. And they're nicely surprised by that when they start going, oh, I, I was raking some wood chip and, oh, I, I helped, you know, tidy up all these, um, all these dahlias and repot them and there's quite a lot of them to pot. It's quite an active thing, gardening. So by the time somebody who's not very being very active is done about uh, 10 baskets of, for annual plants, they're ready to have a little afternoon nap because you breathe more, you take in more oxygen, you, your body tends to let go. And in the process of doing that, you're also having exercise. So you've got 
this rolling benefit of being physically active, but also relaxing into it. So once people are feeling like that, they're ready to come the next week because they feel different. Something feels different to how they were when they came in. A trip to RHS Garden Bridgewater can be a wonderfully inspiring experience for everyone, no matter the reason for their visit. Azitchi expressed her vision for visitors who come to Bridgewater, who she hopes will develop a blossoming relationship with plants and nature. The biggest thing I hope people take away is that there is an aspect of what we do here that will inspire them to work with plants, to connect with nature, to feel that it's also doable where they are. I mean, a lot of people come here to volunteer, gardeners, they all have gardens and they garden. Um, what I would like to say, whatever space a person has, and I'm including the indoors now, you can even make a garden of your home by using indoor plants. And the benefit and the welfare you will get out of that, you may not actually be clocking that you are benefiting, but you would be because plants give us so much nurturing, um, just not only by their looks, but scientifically actually what they're doing by cleaning the air for us, taking in carbon dioxide and refreshing the, the, our spaces with oxygen. So in that respect, I would like to feel that everybody leaves and feels that they can nurture a plant, that they will enjoy spending more time in nature and that they will create a space that is encourages plants to thrive around them wherever they're living, wherever they are. That's what I would hope. The third of the community gardens that we're discovering more about in this episode is the Peel Learning Garden. This space offers a unique opportunity for learners to get hands-on with plants. Constructed from recycled materials, this garden is designed to highlight the impact of different growing conditions and demonstrates how plants adapt to varied environments. Learning in the garden is facilitated by the RHS's educational team, who also have use of two learning studios inside the Welcome Building. To find out more about Bridgewater's educational opportunities, we had a chat with Jenny Lobo, Education and Learning Manager at RHS Garden Bridgewater. Jenny provided us with an overview of the learning garden area and how the RHS works with local school children. The learning garden that we've got that was funded by Peel Holdings is, has been designed so that it works with all of our different um, educational workshops which schools can do. So in the garden we've got our glass house which is where we do all of the potting and most of our workshops end with the kids planting a seed to take home. Um, and then as you go around the garden, it's made up of different beds, which each of the planting and each of the different beds um, is a different habitat so that we can use it to teach the, the kids about different plant adaptations. So we've got a boggy bed, we've got um, a bed that's full of plants that love the sun, we've, got, um, we've also got a bed that's just full of fruit and vegetables, and we've got um, a really nice aromatic bed. And we use our garden, our learning garden in different ways for different workshops. So we've got a lovely workshop called Gardens Are Good For You. And we encourage the kids to go around and touch and feel all of the plants um, because all the plants in the learning garden are safe to 
to touch. Um, so the kids go round and they can you know, smell all the different plants, they can feel all the different leaves. So one of the activities which I really like is, well, can you go and find a really hairy leaf? Can you find a waxy leaf? And they just love actually feeling the plants and getting hands on with them because it's a, something that they don't really get to do in school or if they don't have a garden at home. To give us a flavour of some of the learning programmes that take place with school children at Bridgewater Garden, Jenny took us through a selection of the workshops for primary and secondary school pupils and what they involve. My favourite one, which is Fantastic Food, where we're learning about which parts of the plant we actually eat and how important plants are for our diet. Um, and then we go off into the kitchen garden and we get to explore that, which is really lovely. Um, We've got Gardens for, Are Good For You, which was more about like the well-being side. Um, and we've got a lovely workshop as well called Inspirational Nature, where, where we go out into the woods and um, the kids get to try and make something creative, You basically being inspired by nature. So we've got a variety of workshops for primary. And we also have some workshops for secondary. Um, in our first half term, we've only had primary visitors, so we've not delivered our secondary ones yet, but we will be doing lots of delivery of the secondary workshops from October and November. Um, and one of the workshops which is really popular will be the Green City Challenge, where it's a full day workshop. And in the morning, the kids will be going out and doing lots of different activities around the garden, where they'll be looking at climate change and how plants and horticulture can help tackle climate change. Um, and then in the afternoon, we've got a bit of a kind of dragon's den sort of challenge where the pupils will have to and they'll get a bit of like a, an urban landscape and they have to try and make a design of how plants can help um, tackle climate change. And the idea is that we are using research as the, of, that is part of the Ignition Project, um, which United Utilities is part of, as well as the RHS, the University of Manchester, the University of Salford. And we're bringing together all of that knowledge and that research and all of those kind of facts and things that everybody's working on um, to help climate change in urban areas. That's what basically the workshop's going to be formed on. Um, so we'll be kind of pulling out all the different strands. Um, so that'll be really exciting to deliver that workshop with different secondary schools later on this year. With an initial aim of having 1,500 school children from the local region visiting Bridgewater Garden in the first 12 months, this milestone was achieved in an impressive eight weeks. Here's what Jenny had to say on this accomplishment for the learning and educational side of RHS Garden Bridgewater. We open for school visits on the 7th of June, so between the 7th of June and the 21st of July 2021 we've had 1,359 school children come to visit us, um, which is way more than we ever expected. We thought we'd have 1,500 in our first 12 months and we had, we'd had almost that in seven and a half weeks, which has been fantastic. Um, of all the pupils that came to visit us, they've come from 32 different schools, which has been really nice. Um, and in terms of where the schools have come from, the majority in the first seven weeks have come from Salford. So we've had 13 different Salford primary schools come to visit us, a couple of secondary schools and a sixth form college and um, one pupil referral unit as well, which is really nice. Um, then we've, but we have had lots of other primary schools come to visit us. So we've had lots of a few schools from Wigan, some from Trafford, uh, Berry, Bolton and Stockport as well. Um, but what's been really interesting is that although in our first half term we've had a lot of schools from Salford booking, from for the new academic year in September we've started to see a lot more bookings from outside of Salford. So we've got a lot more schools coming from um, like the wider Greater Manchester area and a few schools who are coming from um, Cheshire as well. It's amazing to hear about all the opportunities for local involvement at Bridgewater Garden.
and the initiatives in place to promote gardening and getting outside within nature. Working closely with the RHS in supporting the North West region, United Utilities aims to engage with local communities to both enhance and improve water solutions in the area. We chatted with Sean Platts-Kilburn, Wastewater Catchment Manager at United Utilities, playing a key part in setting up the partnership with the RHS. Playing a key part in setting up the partnership with the RHS, Sean's involvement in facilitating the collaboration was integral. We wanted to know what made this partnership with the RHS so important. The RHS partnership is a really significant uh, partnership for United Utilities because the RHS Bridgewater site uh, it's a huge site, not just spatially, but in terms of what it's actually bringing to the local community around Greater Manchester um, and wider. Um, it's really important because we have shared values um, as organisations, but also shared challenges. So the challenge of too much and too little water um, is not exclusive to United Utilities or one organisation. It has a wide reaching sort of impact and it's something that we can work on together. It's something that we can collaborate on together. Um, and Bridgewater in particular is a fantastic opportunity um, for us to develop shared solutions to that shared challenge. We can actually use the space and use the engagement opportunities that it brings and we can work with local communities that are participants at Bridgewater, we can work with visitors at Bridgewater and we can actually work together with the United Utilities and the RHS in collaboration to actually think about how we can think about the future, the long term, what it means for the local area and actually start thinking about solutions to those key challenges that impact us all um, and actually impact us not just now but will continue to impact us for um, the long term as well. Awareness of environmental challenges has increased amongst local communities and organisations within the Northwest. And one of the ways that United Utilities sets out to improve water resources and water quality is through the Catchment Systems Thinking Approach, or CAST for short. Sean told us more about this ongoing project and the holistic analysis of water within the catchment. United Utilities Catchment Systems Thinking Approach is an expansion of our long-running um, SCAMP project. Um, so SCAMP is our Sustainable Catchment Management Plan, uh, which ran for a number of years. Um, and SCAMP looked primarily at our catchment land and how we could drive water quality improvements, um, looking at our land in a more holistic approach, in a, a more holistic way. CAST is an evolution of that because what it essentially does is it looks at, yes, our catchment land, but wider um, land within the catchment and wider sort of stakeholders and takes a really holistic view um, and encourages us to look at those catchments holistically and utilise natural capital decision making to balance the requirements for water resources, water quality, biodiversity and flooding as well. Partnerships create vital means and open opportunities for the betterment of the northwest area. As a result, United Utilities place a big emphasis on strategic partnerships and working closely with other organisations that share the same values and vision. When speaking with Sean, he reiterated the hopes for United Utilities when it comes to future collaborations. Our future plans work in partnership, as you can probably sense from the various discussions we've had about catchment systems thinking, about our partnership with the RHS. Essentially, we want to do more. Uh, we want to do more partnership working that brings real opportunities and real delivery um, to the Northwest, to communities of the Northwest, um, and deliver environmental benefits across the board. Uh, we want to work with partners with shared aims and values so that we can deliver the greatest good for customers and communities, see a more resilience uh, in our catchments, 
and, and really start to address and understand key challenges that you have and start working with partners to develop solutions to those challenges um, so that we're delivering the greatest possible good and the best possible service that we can. So there you have it. It's been brilliant hearing from a diverse group of speakers about the various community-focused projects at Bridgewater Garden and how they work with and benefit locals, both young and old. This episode completes our mini-series and we hope you've enjoyed finding out more about RHS Garden Bridgewater. And perhaps you've been inspired to come and visit Bridgewater and its beautiful gardens set in historic landscapes. You can find out more about RHS Garden Bridgewater online at rhs.org.uk slash gardens slash Bridgewater. And for more gardening hints and tips, why not check out Gardening with the RHS, an award-winning weekly podcast from the Royal Horticultural Society. Find it wherever you get your podcasts or head to rhs.org.uk slash podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>